Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're taking a look at the markets. It's awesome green on the screen for a Friday. Corn and beans were to the upside. And the wheat, well, we saw some numbers out of Minneapolis go to the negative. Otherwise, for the most part, it was a positive trade for them. On the flip side, live cattle was positive, mixed on the feeders while lower on the hogs. Variety of factors that we're going to take a look at in today's market is what's been going on in this pace. Are you set to do your marketing plans for 23? Are we more complacent when it comes to this crop we're going to get the details on all of this and how it's affecting the trade not only now but into the near future as darren fry joins us with water street advisors and let's start there are we a little complacent when we look at this 23 crop yeah thanks for having me on again susan i i do think a lot of people are complacent i think there's a few reasons for that one is we've been in a sideways market for some time you know things aren't moving and so we get kind of uh, led to be lackadaisical when we don't see big price moves. The other thing is we got a drought going on in Argentina, and some people are concerned that crop's going to get reduced a bunch more. You mentioned the conditions that came out, and they downgraded that crop again, and so that's a concern. And then, of course, South America with the Brazilian harvest coming out a little slow, therefore safrina corn going in a little slow. And could that be supportive? And then you got the corridor talk coming up in the middle of March. Will that be extended again? I think all those things have bred some complacency, like we have time to make a decision. So let's wait and see what happens. And that's kind of where we are with our 23 marketing plans. But the question is, do we really have that time? Can we sit back and just and wait and see attitude with our money and our crops, with all the way the input costs and everything are still? I, I, we're really hedged and we really are bearish and we really are doing something about it here at Water Street. But, you know, it's one of these things where there's three kinds of trend, an uptrend, a downtrend, a sideways trend, and we're in a sideways trend. We're not really having the bulls get a victory dance going or the bears. So we're trading sideways, and I think that's what breeds that complacency, right? But I think a guy should be, you know, getting some stuff sold here. We have good spring prices. You know, our base price right now based on 12, 13 days into this February price setting period, we're higher on corn than we were a year ago. Now we are lower on soybeans, but you know, corn has some good value here. And I think that one of the other challenges is we look at old crop values and we say, wow, 670, 680 for old crop corn on the board. And we're only gonna get 595 for new crop. Huh, I think I might wait. And I think that could be a mistake. I think people need to be doing something. Are we focusing a little bit on the, on the new crop beans when it comes to marketing? Well, the new crop beans, you know, I think really need to be sold because you got this old crop uh, situation that when Brazil comes more online with their exports, I think you're going to start to see the old crop spreads give way. You're going to see a movement go, uh, you know, moving down in the old crop contracts. But I think that just means new crop goes down as well. And so as we move into this 23 planting season, I think we got to get some more corn acres, and I think we will. But I do think there'll be pressure on the bean price, and that might make it easier for corn to get those acres. So uh, I'm more bearish soybeans than I am corn, but I think both go down here as we enter spring. When do we see a pickup um, when it comes to Brazil's exports of beans? Obviously, China's going to be right there ready to buy, but it just seems to be on a slower pace this year. Yeah, it is. It is definitely on a slower pace, but they're definitely picking up right now. There's there's more leaving the country right now than there was a week ago, two weeks ago. There's a big lineup, but uh, it's just been a slower pace at getting to this because of the wet weather. 
and they ha- they have such a big crop. You know, when you have a big crop and it matures a little bit slower because there's been plenty of moisture, and those yields down there are easily 10 to 15, even 17, 20% above what they were expecting. I'm hearing stuff that, you know, is equivalent to, hey, I'm expecting 60 bushel beans, but I'm getting 75. And so that's a big increase. And it's just taken them longer to move through that crop, and they've had a lot of moisture. So they had these rain interruptions that have slowed down harvest. But I would say over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see them completely dominate the export market. What do you hear when it comes to Argentina? I mean, we continue to constantly hear about how dry it is, but it's not the whole country by any means. No, there's certain areas that are way worse than others, and there's some pretty good beans and corn down there. But just like our crop last year, the West got beat up, the East was really good, you know, and you have those feasts and famines down there as well. But I think the corn crop will maintain in that 40 to 43 million metric ton area. The beans are probably down in that 34, 35 to 36 range. I could see those being worse because they were planted earlier. A lot of corn planted after December 1st, even December 15th. And I hear there's even people came in and replanted again, even in January, to try to get something. So uh, there could be some late crops coming out of Argentina, and that might work okay. Uh, but right now, I think the bulls are trying to make the most of how bad that crop is. And I'm not sure it's quite as bad as they say. So I'm curious, before we head to break, we got about 45 seconds. Tell me, uh, in a nutshell, what have you been hearing from your clients as you, you attend different farm shows and different events and meetings? Well, our clients are really hedged up because, you know, we've been promoting that. But as we go to uh, farm shows and just talk to brand new prospects that might want to look at what we do as a service, uh, there's hardly anything sold. You know, you ask them if they have anything hedged for 23, and very few do, and those that do, it's under 25%. And I think normal would be having 15 to 25% sold right now this time of year. But with these record high prices, I think it should be more than that because this is really record high prices. So what's it going to take to get the ball rolling? I think it's going to take a break. <laughs> I think we're going to have to come in here and shellac the market, and everybody's like, oh, my golly, we should do something. And then, of course, there'll be some missed opportunities there. And that's why I think we should do something now. All right. Some good advice. So stick around, folks. We do have a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half on this Friday of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Come back. We'll take a little bit look at what's been going on in this wheat complex. But also on the flip side, what's been happening on the livestock side? How are they comprehending everything in the grain complex, especially when they're looking at their bottom line as well? There's a lot to look at. It's just around the corner. The second half coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Results are in for 2022 and Fontenelle does it again. In farmer-managed trials this past season, Fontenelle's three top-yielding corn products had an 8.3 bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume products. That's a 68% win rate on farms just like yours. Contact your local Fontenelle hybrids dealer or go to Fontenelle.com to learn more. Results calculated using 15% moisture. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fry. Darren, of course, with Water Street Advisors. To take a look at what's happening, we're going to wrap up on the grain side of the complex by looking at this wheat market. Is there some consolidated features or, or feel going on in this wheat complex right now? Yeah, you know, the wheat broke out for higher late last week and and really rallied strong on rumors about the corridor and concerns of putting some war premium in. 
And of course, then we just faded from those levels and we're right back down only a nickel higher than where that rally started. So I'm not looking for higher prices in wheat. I'm looking for lower prices. But we do have that concern over what happens when we start to negotiate the corridor. And, you know, Putin wants sanctions dropped. He doesn't like where the grain's gone. He's kind of playing hardball and saber rallying for his position. In the end, I think we'll get a corridor deal. I think it'll get extended. I think it will. But I think we could have some real volatility ahead of knowing that. All right. Anything else on the grains that we, we should hit on before we move to livestock? You know, I don't think so. I think the grains are, you know, at a, at a point where we're going to have some, some pivots here. We're either going to go up one more time because of what's happened in Argentina or we're done going up. We're going to roll this thing over with some of the headwinds from the macro picture and we're going to put some pain in the people that haven't hedged or are long. And I guess the one thing I would say about the grains is I have no idea how long the funds are in meal, beans, corn, wheat, how much they're short in wheat, I should say, because we haven't had a COT report, Susan, in two weeks. And uh, I don't know when we're going to get one. So I think that'll be interesting when we finally find out how long or short they really are in some of these markets. All right, let's switch gears and go over to the livestock side. Cattle numbers, usually we see a top, and you were saying during the commercial break, usually it's right around this time. Yeah, February, March, you know, you go back and look at all these long-term charts and you'll see peaks in this February, March. Sometimes it's a little bit early January, sometimes a little bit later March, but a lot of times it's in February. And I am looking for a high in the cattle market, but they continue to uh, open lower and close a little bit higher. We made another new high today in April, didn't close on the highs, but closed pretty strong. And I do think the COT report would be helpful there as well. I know we're really loaded up with long positions with the funds, but how much longer are they since we saw the report last? I have no idea, but they are somewhat overbought, and I think they are due for a break, some type of a pullback, even if they're going higher later. And this cash momentum has just been ebb and flow once again. I mean, last week we thought we'd see midweek. Didn't happen really till after the close on Friday. We did see a little bit of action yesterday, but again, it just seems like it gets stalled out as the week goes on. Yeah, we're at lofty levels. You know, we haven't been up here for, let's say, eight years now. I think that's about right. And, and you know, we haven't gotten to the tightest numbers, but sometimes markets top out on the most bullish information. And so, you know, we, we continue to have these fundamentals leaning bullish, but we definitely are overbought. Funds are really long and we're looking higher. I think a lot of people are bullish and sometimes we top out when the sentiment's the highest like that. I find it interesting, too, when we look at weights, we were talking about this uh, midweek, that some of these cattle weights are anywhere from 30 to 70 pounds lighter when you compare it to a year ago. And I'm sure Mother Nature is a big part of that as well. Yeah, it really is. But with reduced numbers and less weight, that's one reason we're getting supported real well, right? We just have less tonnage coming out, and that continues to underpin the market. But I think that can change real quick. Um, But right now, that's not what we're seeing. What about the hogs? I mean, they're trying to move higher, but they just seem to hit some speed bumps. Yeah, I'm friendly hogs. They won't go up on bearish cattle. They won't go down. So that's sometimes how trading hedging goes. But, you know, the hogs, uh, you know, they, they have some things going for them here. Lean index continues to work its way a little bit higher here, currently at 75.62. Uh, been a lot of talks about exports increasing to China uh, as they come back from their COVID lockdowns. And we are hearing a little bit of ASF infections in their herd. China is the fourth largest customer year to date behind Mexico, Japan, and Canada. So, boy, if we could see them come in, that would be really helpful. 
And, you know, back on the grain side, a lot of the corn bulls are waiting for China to come in and buy corn. Don't know if they're going to do that or not. But China could easily come in and buy pork before they ever buy corn. And we got to watch what happens there. But that would be a big deal if they would be buying some pork again from us. You know, ASF has kind of been on the quiet side as of late. No surprise, it starts to rear its ugly head once again. Yeah, it's been real quiet. And they had done a, I, I thought they had done a pretty good job with their commercialization of their herd, maybe getting rid of that or getting under control, more biosecurity. But uh, boy, that creeping back in might lend some opportunities to our pork producers here. Quick reminder, too, markets are closed on Monday for President's Day. What do you expect uh, Tuesday Tuesday morning to do? You know, I think it could be pretty volatile. You know, big moves happen after three-day weekends. Obviously, I think we're trying to put a little weather premium into the grain side ahead of that three-day weekend in case Argentina get some uh, bus going on these rains that are supposed to be coming. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, a couple ways. They can always look me up on Twitter. I'm at Fry underscore WSS. Or they give, give us a call at our office here toll free at 866-249-2528. All right. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's a Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.